Welcome to the House Podcast. We want to encourage you wherever you're at today. Reach out or email us at any time, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Chad. I get to be the lead pastor here, and uh, glad that you're with us, and nice to have those that are joining us online as well and watching in that way. This is uh, a great morning for us as we prepare to ordain a few of our pastors. It's a special morning. I want to just take a look at a few scriptures today. Ephesians 4, 11, 12 says this. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. And their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And what we see is uh, today the way we kind of lead within the church is we use that term pastor, but we see the fivefold, that's called the fivefold ministry gift, as um, the fivefold ministry gifts really are represented in flow as God calls us and gifts us within the church, within our pastoral team. And different elements of gifts are represented within different members of our team. That's kind of how the Lord designed the body of Christ to be. What I want to look at uh, specifically is this idea that God gave these gifts to the church. God gave leaders to the church. Leaders are a gift. And uh, this is an important part for us to recognize today that uh, leaders, because they're a gift to the church, maybe just to think through, and I want to look at that idea of what it means for leadership, because we live in a world, we live in a culture that really is undergoing a little bit of a leadership crisis. One of the trends over the past few years is a growing shortage of good leaders across all sectors, all industries, and work, and sports, and all kinds of different things. My daughter, my youngest daughter, Ava, plays competitive rugby, and she's actually heading to Florida to play in this huge tournament uh, this coming week ahead. And um, we've been participating with her in this journey as she's grown in her skill, as she gets older and plays at a more competitive level. And we've come to really appreciate the sacrifice and the commitment that is shown by the coaches and the officials and the managers and trainers and people who uh, help facilitate the teams and make it possible for these young athletes to be able to participate in that sport and to have these experiences. But we've also seen this, that there's been a decline in volunteer leaders in her sport. And there have been times where we have not been able to do games. We haven't been able to do tournaments because there hasn't been enough people step up to do it. And what we're finding is that the coaches and the trainers and the officials, and they're just, they're just tired of the, the pressure and the stress and the, the judgment and the criticisms and the kind of the things that are placed on them to the point where it's not fun and life-giving anymore. And they're just stepping back and saying, I don't, I don't want to do it. And I know this, that if you take away the coaches and the managers and the trainers and the officials, you don't have a rugby tournament. You don't have a rugby game. And one of the things is this, is that good leaders, when good leaders step up into their role, they create an atmosphere and they create an opportunity for great experiences and good things to happen. And that's part of the value of having leaders and leaders in in our midst. Uh, We've all observed the growing mistrust and skepticism towards leadership, especially perhaps around our government and, you know, civic leaders and officials. Uh, You don't have to drive very far down Highway 97, probably on your way home today. Most likely it will be a pickup truck, might be a car, but there will be a back window sticker that will say Trudeau and some other derogatory terms and images with it. 
And I'm not defending our prime minister and his leadership or lack of leadership or convictions or all those things. That's another, that's a whole nother issue. But it is interesting to note that the climate has changed in Canada in the last five years. And we look at leaders differently. The level of critique the level of expectation, the level of dissatisfaction, all these things has grown and it makes it a little bit more difficult. Statistics tell us that we're becoming more critical of leaders and sometimes the criticisms are warranted. Of course, we cannot all defend all government uh, people and bureaucrats and people who are in leadership. But sometimes it just comes with the role. Sometimes there are good leaders and there are leaders trying to do good things and, and still uh, you'll face great criticism. This is very apparent in our recent BC civic election. In October this past year, all of the municipalities, 162 municipalities had their elections. You know that in BC, 50%, 5-0% of municipalities voted in a new mayor which means that only 50% of incumbents regained their seat. But of those 50% who regained their seat, did you know that only 25% of them were actually voted in from their constituents because 25% of them had nobody else even run against them. And they just got in by acclamation. Which really means that only 25% of our mayors in our province were actually re-elected. It's a tough time to be a leader. People are looking for change. Their expectations are high. Those of you who own your own business or work in a leadership capacity in your jobs, in your careers, and your responsibilities, you will know what it's like firsthand. The demands and expectations on leaders is rising. You have to deal with unexpected curveballs and most of them are outside of your control. New government policies and procedures, supply and labor shortages, they continue to be a real deal. They don't seem to be going away anytime soon. And one of the most challenging elements of business is recruiting good people. And then when you finally get them to keep them on the team and keep them happy and keep them engaged for long enough that your company is able to move forward and do well. It seems like there's no end of fires that you have to put out and you just get the team together and then somebody quits and moves on or somebody's disgruntled or somebody's hurt or somebody's got something and, and it's just this continual ongoing shuffling and the demands are high. Leadership is changing and it takes more skill, more self-awareness, more sensitivity to others than it ever has before. And I've seen quite a few marketplace leaders, business owners, step back from their roles to take a simpler job, to take early retirement, to just say, I just can't do this. I don't want to do this anymore. Business owners who sell out or scale back their operations and downsize to a simpler business model because they just can't deal with all of the issues and the demands that are placed on them. And this is a real issue for us in our culture. And these trends have also impacted the church. And we in the church are facing some of our own leadership crisis and challenges. 
statistics tell us that there's not enough young leaders coming up to fill all of the upcoming voids as pastors retire, they take early retirement, they step back from ministry, as they begin to have open spots, there's not enough young leaders who are saying, I'm going to get the education, I'm called, I'm going to surrender my call, I'm going to give into it, I'm going to go for it, I'm going to serve the Lord, I'm going to go into vocational ministry. There is a void, and there's a shortage, and there is a crisis that is coming our way because we have a lack of young qualified, gifted leaders who are coming up in our midst. It's not an easy job. It requires some sacrifices. We need more to step up. My lead pastor friends, when we get on the phone, we all report the same things. If you ever want to know what lead pastors talk about, it's this. I don't know, like, what are you going to do with that staff member? I don't know. How do we find somebody? We got vacancies and we're trying to fill roles and we're like, All of us say the same thing. The hardest thing of our jobs is just finding a team gifted and solid enough to lead the church, to just fulfill the call of the ministry and fulfill the call that God has on a church. Having hired some staff members, I know that firsthand. We went into COVID with a couple of us. We came out of COVID. Now we have, uh, there's six staff members now that are, are serving in pastoral ministry in our church. Our church has grown and expanded over the last couple years. And it's probably my greatest joy. One of the things I think is the greatest thing ever is to see the leaders that God has blessed our church with and has brought our way. To see them step into their calling, to see them grow and mature and become the men and women that God has called them to be as they step into that. That's one of my greatest joys. But I can tell you that when I've posted a few ads and I've put the word out and I've made some phone calls to some of my pastor friends and I've sent out some emails and we've looked for people that there is a shortage of quality young leaders. It's not easy. It's not easy to find. And our church is blessed to have those that we have. Uh, We are better off for our pastors. And I want to just take a moment, church. Can we just say thank you? Can we just appreciate the pastors that we have in the church? I had a a meme that I ran across a little bit earlier in the week that I thought was kind of uh, humorous and funny that uh, shows the, you know, what what do we do as ministry? And uh, I love the one down in the bottom corner. What I actually do is vacuuming. Oh, how true that is. Um, And I thought I want to share a few scriptures on leadership today. Uh, Take a moment to speak to us as the church, and then we're also going to speak to our pastors and give our pastors some, a charge and some responsibility. But this is an important day for us as a community, and we don't get to talk about these things very often. In fact, I think um, I've, I've pastored for a lot of years, a large number of years, and I've never really preached on these things. It's not the easiest thing sometimes. It might look a little bit self-serving to be the pastor up front and to be talking about these things. But I learned this. You, sometimes it's best just to let God's word speak for itself. Sometimes it's good to just say, you know what, this is in the word of God. If the Lord gave it and felt it was important enough to give to the church, then it needs to be talked about in the church. And we need to be reminded of some of these things. So Hebrews 13, 17 says this, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. 
I love that verse. Be a help, not a hindrance. What good is it to discourage our pastors so that they're not full of life and full of joy? It makes things more difficult. Nobody wins. Encourage them, build them up so that it's not a burden. It will be of no benefit to you. 1 Thessalonians 5.12 reads, Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. The Lord says that we are to show respect and build up our pastors. And that's a command and it's a call and it's an instruction that the Lord felt is important. Why does God say that? Well, it's because the better our pastors are, the better the church is. Church, never underestimate the power and significance of encouraging our pastors. It can be a hard and lonely work. It's easy to wonder if anybody cares or if anything we do is making a difference. The scriptures encourage us to respect and love our pastors. And I would suggest that the better and healthier and stronger our pastors are, the better and healthier and stronger our church becomes. When they are filled full of faith and life and courage and vigor and they want to see things happen and they want to lead forward and they want to take new ground and they're empowered and they're blessed and they're strengthened, we benefit The kingdom benefits. But if our pastors are deflated and discouraged and weary and run down and burdened, we miss out. The kingdom misses out. Your words, your texts, your emails have power to shape our church by encouraging and building up your pastors. Some of them, that might be the only positive thing they hear that week. That might be the only person who gave them that encouraging word. You have the power to shape the kingdom of God by encouraging and respecting your leaders. One of the careers most impacted during COVID was pastors. And as surveys have gone out, we know that uh, they have, uh, pastoral ministry had one of the uh, sharpest increases in resignations and people just stepping back and not wanting to do it anymore. And of the highest percentage of just saying, you know what, I just, I don't, I, I got to find something else to do. I don't want to do this. I can't do this. I, I just can't, I can't keep going. And we've seen that in lots of different careers, lots of different uh, vocational work, but pastoral ministry is reporting that among the highest. And so pray for us. Pray for our spouses. Pray for our kids. We are on the front lines of spiritual warfare. And I will tell you this. If the enemy knocks one of us out, if there is scandal, if there's failure, if there's stumbling in our pastoral team, it has really far-reaching implications on all of us in our church. Those ripples go out and they're felt by all of us. And so the enemy wants to distract us and wants to knock us out of the race. And there is an opposition against us. And we need your prayers. Church, we need your encouragement. We need to be built up. And I would say this, it's not, uh, this word is not coming 
because of dissatisfaction in this area. This is not judgment. This is a reminder. It's in the word of God. Our church does a good job of this. Thank you. I want our church community to be a positive experience for our young pastors. I know friends that, are, that have pastored, some that are in no longer in ministry, and their first experiences, their relationship with their lead pastors, with their board, with their churches was not healthy and was not good, and it knocked them out of the race. And I would hope that our pastors are going to be able to look back at their time here in Kelowna at the house when God was working and God was doing good things and they felt life and joy in their work. And so this is a reminder to not underestimate the significance of your support, your encouragement, and your prayers because when our pastors are doing well, the whole church benefits. The kingdom of God benefits. And a few words for our pastors, some reflections to our pastors. Jesus provides the greatest example for pastoral leadership in John 10, 11. Jesus says this, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Pastors, let me remind you that our church doesn't exist as a means to raise your platform and our volunteers are not here to serve your vision or build your kingdom. Pastoral ministry is first and foremost about serving others. Your job is to serve our church and not the church serve you. I chuckle at that picture of vacuuming the pastor, what I actually do. If you're too proud to grab a vacuum cleaner and do what's needed, then you shouldn't really be serving in pastoral ministry. Um, last year on Easter, I was outside here. We were getting ready for the, the big day, you know, and everybody's coming and uh, I know that most of you come to church like what, once every six weeks or something. Like your attendance is not so great. But, uh, you know, we're glad that you're here. We're, we're glad that you're with us today. But then you hit Easter and everybody wants to come to church, which is awesome. And for pastors, we're like, yes, this is amazing, revival. And we have to make room for parking and everything. And I was cleaning off the side stairway. We have these marmots that live in the bank over here. And, um, and they hide in the rocks. And they, for some reason, they're fascinated with our stairwell and um, kind of doing their thing. And I remember it was like Easter Sunday and I had to literally grab a shovel and I was cleaning off the stairs and I had this thought, this, sometimes this kind of feels like pastoring. It's just like shoveling, just going for it. And um, the truth is, we need to be humble Pastors need to be humble. And there's no room for celebrity pastors with big egos on our staff. Matthew 20, Jesus said, whoever wants to be the greatest leader must first be the greatest servant. And I would go so far as to say that you can't be a successful pastor without having a servant's heart. And this is why, because the more you lay down, Jesus says, lay down your life. Lay down your life for the sheep. Because the more you lay down, the more you surrender, 
The more you give up, the more you empty yourself, the more capacity you have to carry what God is going to give you. The more capacity you have to carry and hold the calling and the destiny that God gives you. And so pastors, be humble. Serve the church. It's the way of Jesus. And I'd say that pastoral ministry requires a courageous heart. Leadership is not for the faint of heart. We've all heard that. Sometimes your work won't always be appreciated. You will pour your heart into messages and wonder if anyone hears. You will have to make some hard decisions that some will not like. You'll have to take some shots and face some criticism and some rejection because proclaiming the word of God and holding to good doctrine and protecting the church is difficult in a world that calls good evil and evil good. But it's a cost that we have to pay. It's something we need to protect. And so to our pastors, to Oliver and Matt who are getting ordained today, I would say this, don't give up. The church needs good leaders. The church needs young leaders who will step up and lay down their life and face the cost and hold to the truth and lead forward and will be of courage We need good leaders in our church. Be courageous. Have hearts full of courage and keep leading us. After Moses had died, the Lord called Joshua to lead God's people into the promised land. And he gave him the following call and promise. Joshua 1, 6, 9 says this, be strong and courageous. And I have that bolded and underlined in my Bible. Be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. And again, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left then you'll be successful in all that you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only when you prosper and succeed in all that you do. And this is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Part of carrying the mantle of pastoral leadership is to help lead people into their promised land, into their destiny, into the greater promises that God has over their life. And it is not always an easy task. When God says, be strong and courageous, have a heart full of courage, our church needs courageous and bold pastors. And Oliver and Matt 
This morning as you get ordained and you step into this, we set you apart and we commission you to take up that call, to take up that charge, to live that life of servanthood and humility and courage and boldness, to lead us to continue forward in the gospel, to help us be better, to hold to doctrine, to hold to truth. And know this, that on this day that you receive your ordination, that we're proud of you, that we believe in your leadership, and that we need you.